Hey, it's May, and welcome back to What a Week, the podcast where we talk all about my week and passion projects. This is season four, episode eight. Seattle is super gay. Hello, hello, everyone. While you might imagine, correctly, I might add, from the title of this episode, this is a travel episode. Although I am not currently traveling, I guess, while I'm recording this. I'm back home after a five, six day, something like that, trip to Seattle to visit family and hang out. And I just wanted to talk about things that I noticed about Seattle and then do some like fun kind of reviews of different things in the city. So actually, the night before the trip, it was, you know, April, I guess March 31st, you know, but it was going to be April Fool's when we were leaving. I was like, you know what, we have to get to the airport. So I really can't like do a big full out prank thing. But you know, I just I did some small things. Oh, I put like a funny photo on the toilet and you know, just a couple of like simple things. And then we went to the airport. I had actually some pretty good sushi there, which is like a kind of unexpected. The San Francisco airport does have sushi. I was aware of that. But the fact that it was like good and not like disgusting was pretty nice. The plane ride over was, you know, relatively smooth. I had the window seat, which was nice. You know, I could have something to lean against and sleep against. Although, kind of funnily, I had to switch my mask in the middle of the flight because I, like, drooled all over it while I was sleeping. So that was kind of awkward. But aside from that, you know, just, like, very chill, very simple flight... I've had, you know, I've had worse. It was kind of annoying because I've heard that the past week in the Bay Area was like really hot. And today on Thursdays, I'm recording this after we've gotten back. It's like sweltering. And then in Seattle, it was like rain. So of course, we missed the nicest week of the year. So that was kind of annoying. But you know, we had our cousins over and we were staying in this lovely Airbnb, big, you know, uh, four-story, multi-bedroom Airbnb, and it was really nice, really modern, and I, I really enjoyed staying there. I thought it was fun. One thing that struck me immediately is that Seattle is super gay. Like, there's pride flags everywhere, I think I managed to take photos of about 20 pride flags, but I definitely saw way more than that. I'm just, like, super slow at taking photos. And so, you know, that that was really nice to see because we don't see that in the Bay Area, even though this is also, so, also supposed to be kind of, like, a center for that sort of thing. So that was nice to see. It was a nice surprise. Now I have a bunch of photos of that. On my phone, on our first day, we spent it mainly with our cousins. We went, um, like me and my mom went thrift shopping a little bit in the morning. I had the best burrito that I've ever had, like black beans, you know, just rice cheese. But it was so good. I don't know why. I really, really like that burrito. Like that, 
burrito. And then I, or we went roller skating. That was really fun. I am terrible at roller skating. Like I fell on my ass. I was like bumping into things. When I first got out, I was like, okay, I can do this. I haven't fallen yet. And I, we get about maybe half a lap in and they're like, surprise, we're reversing the direction, turning off the lights, and turning on smoke machines. So all of a sudden, I was, as a beginner, clutching onto my mom, trying to make her, like, not fall over. Because we were going the opposite direction of what we were used to. Couldn't really see. The smoke smelled terrible. And it was dark. And that was not fun. But I managed to only fall a couple of times, which is pretty good. And then we just went and got, like, shakes and fries and things. Then our second day there, which would have been the Saturday, the second, I guess. Yeah. Second, third, second. Let's, no, not, yeah, okay, second. I don't know why that took me so long. Uh, We just wrapped up the day with some, you know, thrifting and stuff a little bit more. And then on Sunday, I started the day with some, like, banana bread and a nice breakfast. Something I did a really good job of on this trip is eating proper, healthy meals. That was really great. Um, I don't really... What did we do on Sunday? I actually have... Oh, we went thrifting again. Okay. Yeah, we went thrifting to this massive goodwill like bigger than anything I've ever seen and I found the cutest stuff like straight up the most pretty clothing I found big like red purse sweater loafers sorry huh and just all kinds of like really cute clothing that I kept getting complimented on for the rest of the trip and then we kind of you know drove around it was pretty chill Another great food memory from the trip is this amazing, like, oatmeal raisin cookie that we got from Corner Bakery Cafe. If you have a Corner Bakery Cafe near you, get the oatmeal raisin cookie. It was great. Then on Monday, we started off the day pretty early by going to Pike Place Market, which is kind of like if you live in the Bay Area Telegraph, mixed with like a farmer's market. So like vendor booths, beautiful fresh flowers, a lot of tulips and bouquets. We found this super cute like kind of kawaii store. They had like a fuzzy sprinkle wall, like straight up like fuzzy pink fabric with like fake sprinkles on it that was super cool and like this really aesthetic store and then we met up with some and this is going to be a common theme gender and age matched family friends because for some reason parents believe that if you're gender and age matched with children that means that you're like best friends and to be honest in this case they were kind of right because this was the first example You know, I don't get along very well with my cousins. We don't have a lot in common. But these people that we met, her name is Lexi. Hi, Lexi, if you're listening. I had so much fun. It was, you know, it was really cool. We went to the aquarium, took some, like, fun photos and things. They had seals and otters, and they were feeding them right when we were there. So, like, I have really cool photos of, like, the feeding. And they were just so pretty. 
like, it just makes me really genuinely excited to, like, go and see all these things. They had puffins, which I thought was so cool, because I've only ever seen them basically on the cereal box. Then we kind of went around and, like, played games and all of that. Then we were like, you know what, we have more time. What should we do next? Because, yeah, we wanted to do more. So we went up to a playground by the Space Needle and got ice cream from, like, a straight-up machine. It's called Molly Moon. And it's, like, a women-started company. And they have these, like, machine, vending machine things, like an arm grabs it out of a case and like drops it down to you that was really fun I got the cookie dough flavor and it was delicious then we went and got some like candy and like ran around the food courts it was like on and off raining the whole time it was a really chaotic day and we saw the most pretty rainbow out of their hotel room that they were staying in was so pretty and just like felt like a good omen for the rest of the trip which I really think it was And then we just wrapped up uh, Monday at another friend's house. Um, Her name is Sienna. Again, hi, Sienna. And that was really fun. You know, probably had more in common with Sienna for sure. But, you know, just like a chill, delicious dinner. My compliments to the chef. So that was really fun as well then on Tuesday we went and saw some uh like I guess my great aunt and uncle they own this like massive house that's super pretty and has like a great view so we went there and then we rejoined Lexi's family went out to like a Mediterranean lunch with them I just got spaghetti and meatballs and then we went to a museum and I'll get into the museum a little bit more in depth when I kind of like I guess review things from Seattle but I thought it was nice I liked it a lot and then again this family likes packing a bunch so our choice was to go to the UW or University of Washington campus and we visited I think it's called the Suello Library. Google it. It looks like a cathedral. The inside looks like Harry Potter-like room. It is so pretty, and it was so fun to, like, watch all of the students and everything. The cherry blossoms and their quad that they're famous for were still blooming. So we also got to see those. Yeah, I think that was it. Oh, actually, Tuesday night, Lexi came over just one more time again really chaotic day she kind of like came back with us and we ate this really good Beecher's mac and cheese that was recommended by somebody on Pinterest so that was also really fun and then Wednesday or I guess our last full day it was finally sunny enough to see Mount Rainier so that was really fun I got just like a blurry photo of that And my mom has some friends that own, like, a dojo, I guess, and, like, basically a forest. So we went hiking around in their, like, straight-up forest forest, and there was this hill. And, you know, it didn't look that steep or that muddy, and we were like, oh, it's fine. Straight up, this hill was so steep and muddy 
and had thorns on it. So by the time we got to the end, my brother, my little brother Ben, just like skirted to the end and was totally fine. But my mom, her friend Lucas, and I, our entire butts were covered in mud. And it was just not fun. We got some scrapes. And then they gave us a little martial arts lesson in their dojo. They're very good. So that was cool. And then just right after that, we went and visited. I don't remember what they are called, but these beautiful waterfall. And when I'm saying waterfall, I don't mean like, oh, hee hee, waterfall. I mean like 500 feet cascading water mist spurting up trees all around waterfall like waterfall waterfall and that was so cool to see and we just wrapped up yesterday I made us a nice dinner so I made this like creamy I guess cheesy uh chicken with mushrooms and spinach and then an arugula salad and then for dessert, we had my grandmother and one of her friends over and just had some ice cream with some, like, warm berries and some little, like, granola crunch that we made. And, yeah, and then today we rode back. I guess that's about it. This was a pretty long trip recap, but, I mean, to be fair, it was a pretty long trip, so if I can explain that whole thing in about 10 minutes. I would say that's pretty good. Today's podcast is sponsored by Curology. Curology is the best personalized skincare I've ever used. All you need to do is take a quick quiz and they'll have a licensed dermatologist customize a three-step skincare routine for you. I've been using Curology since March 2021 and have seen a drastic decrease in the dryness of my skin as well as in the amount of acne I get. You can talk directly with your dermatologist and make any necessary changes. So save your skin with Curology today by going to Curology.com and unlock your 30-day free trial. Just pay for shipping and handling, which is under $5. So I thought it would be fun to kind of like five-star scale Yelp review style review some of the places that we visited in Seattle, but before we do that, I kind of wanted to go on a tangent about superstition. It's viewed kind of as this, like, mocked thing, like, ooh, don't walk under a ladder, ooh. But to be honest, I find that I've become kind of a uh, superstitious person in 2022. I don't know where this came from, but all of a sudden, I have lucky bracelets you know that I wear them and like weirdly and mysteriously good things happen when I wear them and bad things happen when I don't so I've started wearing a bracelet every day and then I lost it replaced it got that one was like less like lucky but it was good and then now I have a new one that one of my friends made me I was like oh okay okay this is good and it seems to be working pretty well but then also Good things happen to me whenever ladybugs land on me. Like, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but right before I found out that I got into Maybeck, um, I think the day before, literally, a ladybug landed on me while I was sitting in the car. I was like, oh, this is a good sign. And then I got into Maybeck. And then another one landed on me. 
And then I got a really big, like, sponsorship opportunity. So, I don't know what is with me. And, like, those rainbows were really lucky for the rest of my trip. And, you know, I just feel like it's, like, not just luck at a certain point. Like, maybe there is something in it. So, like, I'm not going to go quite to, like, crystals but I think that I believe now really more in like good omens and lucky charms whereas like before I kind of mocked it I don't know that's just like something I wanted to mention all right let's start this list because it's pretty long the first thing that I wanted to review is pride flags now I'm gonna get or I guess pride flags in Seattle so there are a lot of them and I like that there are usually rainbow flags. There's a couple trans, a couple ace that I saw. Not really any bi, pan, lesbian, gay, right? So, you know, that's pretty good. But I thought this was a great opportunity to share one of my controversial opinions, which is on the progress flag. Because a lot of people use it. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's the rainbow flag. And then on the left side, it has a little triangle cutout that has four additional colors added. And I'll go through the two sets of those four colors and explain why I don't really believe in them. Like, it's fine if other people want to use that and it makes them feel more accepted. But I think it's weird. I wouldn't want to use it. So let's start with trans because I think this is like slightly less controversial I think that there's a lot of trans erasure in the community I have a lot of trans friends you know that's not something that I experience or identify with but I understand that that's a big issue however the pride flag is supposed to be accompanying everyone and I feel like taking a certain group and highlighting them even if that's important they have their own pride flag for that. Adding it to the rainbow flag feels almost like saying, no, we're not looking for equality. We're looking to like highlight only certain groups in the community because everyone in the community should be highlighted in some way. And that's why the individual flags exist is inside of that like overarching rainbow flag you have hey here's all the different groups and their expression but to feel to put the trans colors blue and pink on the progress flag I feel like kind of undermines the equality of the flag and then the other two colors are black and brown and that's meant to represent people of color in the community again so much erasure of people of color in the community and I don't want to come off the wrong way, but this community is not about race. That's my opinion. It's just, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this without being super, super offensive. Basically, I guess the LGBTQ plus community is a celebration of sexuality in its many varying forms, as well as, of course, gender that are not just cis and straight. It's not a celebration of race. That's what Indian Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter and every other color, um, I guess, color-related thing is about. So I... Similar to the trans thing, I don't think it's not important, but I don't think that it should be on the flag 
because the flag is about sexuality, not race. So that's my opinion. Write me, write in. Let me know what you think. But that's my opinion. But in general, even though a lot of the flags that I saw were pride flags, I would give pride flags four and a half stars. Now I want to rate some like food stops. The Indian restaurant that we went to with Lexi's family, which was called Dawat Grill or Dawat Grill, D-A-A-W-A-A-W-A-T-T Grill. And I'm going to give this uh, probably four stars just because I like rated Pride Flags higher. But this is some of the best Indian food I've ever had in my life. Their tikka masalas. Mm. Their naan is so good. But just like... You know, I've had better, but it's, like, pretty good food. The Beecher's Mac and Cheese that I was talking about. Five out of five stars. Some of the best mac and cheese I've ever had, even though it was straight up frozen. Kind of sad we didn't get to, like, have the one, you know, in person. But we just, like, didn't have time. Just picked it up near Pike's Place. Costa's, which is the, again... Mediterranean place that we went three stars pretty like mediocre food I mean it was good but the meatballs were kind of dry it was whatever the Sheraton Hotel where Lexi's family stayed I'm gonna rate it you know four stars it looked nice it looked spacious had a pretty view rainbows but you know it's just it's a hotel I prefer staying in an Airbnb if I can um, the UW campus. Can I do like a 4.7? I don't know. There was a lot of like rowdy college students around, but that makes sense. You know, we visited in the middle of the week, but still just like all those flowers and the buildings were beautiful and it was so walkable. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with 4.7. The playground. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. I guess if you know, you know is probably the more appropriate way to say that. It's this, like, it's not even that big, but it's this tall playground right near the Space Needle. And it was so fun, but I, I'm i really afraid of heights. So I climbed up the whole, like, slightly precarious net thing and was trying not to curse because there was a five-year-old behind me. I get to the top and I slide down the slide and all I get is a wet butt and a bunch of disappointment because it didn't go fast. It wasn't steep. It was just like a normal slide that happened to be really tall. So I'm going to rate that park 3.5. It was also raining, which, you know, is probably not great. All right, let's rate visiting age and gender match family friends. So it actually seemed to go pretty well this time. So I'm going to rate it as it went in Seattle, not in general, because in general it gets a solid one and a half stars. You know, like, there are worse things, but it's still pretty bad. So I'm going to say four stars, actually. And give it a solid four stars. The Burke Museum, that's the science museum that we went to. Apparently it had been redone and... My mom and my grandmother really didn't like it that much. They were like, oh, it downsized. It doesn't look as good. I thought that it was really well done, simple exhibits. Yes, it's not. It doesn't have the biggest 
collection or anything, but I thought that it was a modest display that gave you a lot of insight. It looked into some paleontology, so it had some dinosaur bones and some birds, and then it spent a full exhibit on contemporary Native American culture, and I learned a lot, and it was fun, and it was interactive, and you could try doing a loom, and you know, like all these different fun things, and I, I thought that it was really well done. So I'm gonna go ahead and rate it four stars. City Pass. So we didn't get a City Pass, but basically it gives you five destinations. I think it's like a city tour, the truly gardens of glass, Space Needle, Museum of Pop Culture, and uh, there's one other thing. Anyway, they give you a discount, basically, or you get it free or something along those lines. And Lexi's family got it. And I'm only going to rate it a three. I think it's a, it's a great option for, you know, people who want to, like, do all of the things. But also, it seemed to make them very stressed out. Like, the parent that was around, because their mom was in the Alzheimer's conference that my dad was also at. That's how we know them. Just, like... That's one of the reasons that we visited Seattle is my dad just happens to have this conference here where he's giving a talk. And so there was all of that. But anyway, the dad seemed very stressed out and very eager to get everything done. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if the point of vacation, or at least the things I enjoy about vacation the most, are kind of the chill parts running around while it was fun sometimes could also be really exhausting and when you wanted a break you couldn't really get one the seattle skyline now it's not the most impressive skyline that i've seen but i liked looking at all the buildings as we would approach them coming from the south side or on the airplane or coming away from seattle on the airplane and all of that so i am going to rate the skyline 3.5 I think is accurate. Maybe a 4 if you're stretching it. You know, it's not that nice, but it works. Pike Place Market. I got super cool stuff here. I got a really cool from the vendors. I, of course, you know, got a hoodie and a fun poster from that store. And then... Today's podcast is sponsored by Lariko Matoshi. They're the creator of the absolutely iconic strawberry dress, among many others. Larika is a Kosovo-Albanian fashion designer based in New York City, and she creates beautiful designs worth every penny. Make sure to go to larikamatoshi.com to get your hands on beauty. I also got a tote bag, you know, that has like kind of a drawing of a peony on it and it just says Pike Place Market. It's really cute and like big. It was big enough to fit all the groceries that I needed. Oh yeah, that's something that I did when I cooked dinner, you know, the whole like arugula salad 
chicken thing is I went to the grocery store by myself, which was very odd, like completely by myself and nobody batted an eye. Like people tell me all the time that I look like an adult, but to like go to the store and have nobody question why a 14 year old is wandering around with a shopping cart doing grocery shopping, like that was kind of like weird to me and hit home. And then the other thing that I bought was this glass straw because my parents, I got one for pretty cheap and my parents like straight up ruined it by running it through the dishwasher and erasing the design on it. It had like a cloud, a raindrop and a rainbow and it was super cute and I liked it a lot. But then I went to this glass straw place and saw that they had one with a rainbow on it. And unlike the other one where the rainbow was just kind of slapped on, it was like made of glass and stuck to the thing and i thought that it looked super cool so we got that it looks to be a pretty good quality like it's it's relatively thick everything seems to be on there nicely and i've used it you know it doesn't leave any kind of taste and you know i think it's cool so i guess if you want one of those the website would be drinking glass dot sorry um let me check okay so after checking just on the little card that they give us lifetime warranty on these things by the way it's maybe 25 dollars. i think that's fine you know more pricey but it's handmade whatever anyway drinking straws dot glass is the website so if you want to check them out that's where you can go and then the like cutesy store that I mentioned I'm pretty sure that I took a photo of their Instagram handle so I'm gonna try and find that okay yeah it's at capital M Marin capital S sailor so that's M-A-R-N-I-N capital S A-Y-L-O-R super cute stuff it's like this guy and his wife and they have a cute little story and i thought it was really fun so check them out too i just want to shout out local businesses you know the seattle aquarium is next i just mainly like beyond the aquarium which was nice and all but they had the best aquarium cafe i've ever been to delicious fries delicious burger and everyone else that got something seemed to really like it Ben liked the pizza he got breaded shrimp like every everyone that got anything really liked it so just letting you know they have a good cafe I guess he took us the dad Lexi's dad took us to a candy store called candy time and oh I guess the cafe is four and a half stars well, anyway, it was clean. It seemed to have all the candy we wanted. I just got cotton candy, but uh, the other kids and actually the dad all got, like, big bags of, like, the mixed candy that you can make for yourself. And, you know, three stars. It was fine. A lot of sugar. The monorail. Seattle has a monorail that has two stops. One by the Space Needle and one down by the Washington Convention Center. And that's it. But to be honest, that's all that you really want to go on 
So it works. It was clean. It was $2 for five people to go on. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, one, they're making it too cheap. They can definitely charge more than that if BART charges more than that. This was basically like clean BART. I guess without the music and the P and if you don't know, <laughs> that sounds weird out of context. BART is basically our like subway system, the Bay Area something transportation. What does the R stand for? I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was great. Five stars for that one. The Molly Moon ice cream, also going to give that five stars. It was really good ice cream. It was a fun experience. You know, it's cool. Rain. You know, I don't really like rain, but something about it in Seattle was fun. It was never really a downpour. It was just you would get really hot in the sunshine and then it would rain and cool you off. Sometimes it was annoying because you felt the need to constantly be inside and couldn't really lounge around outside as you wanted. So I'm going to give the rain 2.5 stars for being annoying, but sometimes kind of nice. Thrifting. Man, they had really good thrift stores. I got kind of pissed because we went into an out of the closet there, which is basically a thrift store that donates charities to LGBTQ plus charities. Donates charities to charities. Donates money to LGBTQ plus charities. I cannot speak today. Anyway, everything in there was like $8 for a dress, you know, which is like really cheap in comparison to the one in Berkeley where it's that same dress would have been like $20, $30, So I was very excited to see that it was cheap. The Goodwill was super cheap, stayed under $100, but got like loads of things. And then there was a lot of graffiti, you know, some of it was kind of cool, but it's still graffiti. So, you know, that was maybe a two-star thing. And then something that gets zero stars is the homelessness because it is out of control. You know, they're creating tiny sheds and things like that. But at some point, it's just ridiculous. I want to read you some of the statistics about it. So the New York Times reported that some reasons for homelessness in Seattle have been attributed to the cost of living there, which has risen due to gentrification, lack of publicly owned affordable housing, and then also the COVID pandemic. So those are like the main reasons for it. The Department of Community and Human Services says that about... 41,000 people in King County, which is super close to Seattle, experienced homelessness at some point in 2020. And that's down a little bit from 2019, but that's still a lot. And then also something that was really startling to me is that a majority of Seattle's population is homeless. Um, a 2020 count showed that 52% of people in King County, which is kind of, you know, Capitol Hill area, are homeless. And I think that that is insane. So 
Hundreds of thousands of households were experiencing it. Um, just, I think that it's really terrible in Seattle and it's not being addressed as fully as it needs to be. Um, I was looking at some opinions on how we could do it. So one source says building housing for people will require sustainable incremental public spending. As ELI units can only offer low rents, often below their operating costs, private markets alone cannot supply them. Fully addressing the issue will cost an additional $450 million to $1.1 billion per year for the next 10 years, which is a lot that they don't have to spend. And they also say the building alone will not fix the problem. They need to relieve stress on society, increasing shelter capacity. Like, there's a lot of things at play that are not being addressed. This year, something I found interesting is that Seattle is withholding their count of the homeless population because their methodology for counting has faced criticism for not providing accurate data because it relies on volunteers to hand count the number of people that they observe and to calculate a rough estimate. So they are going to skip the count and try and figure out if they can fix it. They said that they will perform it in 2023 with plans to, quote, take a critical look at data gathering processes in the interim period to develop a more illustrative snapshot of homelessness in our region. So yeah, overall, it's a lot. You can go to seattle.gov. They have a whole page on their explanations of it, but it's a massive problem. And, you know, if there's one thing I really want to highlight is that I saw it while I was there. And I think that it's important to mention. And with all of that being said, you have made it to the end of another episode of what a week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next Saturday. Make sure to subscribe or follow on your listening platform of choice and leave a rating or review to let us know how you like the show. Thank you. Bye-bye.